Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the Sports Stands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me as always, he threw a shutout in the podcast wildcard game this week. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? Oh man, not much. It was a pretty tough game, I'm not going to lie. Arm's feeling a little sore. Yeah. Uh, It's got some cracks going in it. I don't know if that's normal. Pitcher's duel. I loved it. It was you against the rest of the podcast hosts out there, and uh, you, you, did, you did it, man. Throw a shout out. You're the Madison Bumgardner of the sports stance. Uh, it feels good. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go milk some cows now and, uh, you know, call it a day. Your hair is not uh, as greasy, though. I noticed that. No, no, not as, not as greasy. Uh, I don't feel – I actually like talking to the media. Uh, yeah. Big fan of it. I Whereas know. he was like – you're asking. he uh, had an interview with Buster Olney, and they're like, how do you feel about the game? He's like, you're asking a lot of hard questions right now. <laughs> I'm like, they asked you how you felt about the game. <laughs> you're not even – you don't even just like talking to the media. You would like to become one of the media. Yeah. To be talked to. Basically. <laughs> I mean, I can talk to myself interviewing myself if I had to. You want me to interview you? I'm Greg, a character how, of voices. Greg, how'd you feel about that game? Uh, I felt great. By the way, when did you get that jacket, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, you were nicely dressed today. Well, thank you. <laughs> me. Wow, me. You really shouldn't have. Um, all right, cool. So before we get into it, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. We have uh, the NFL, MLB. Um, a little bit of college football sprinkled in. A little bit of college in. football. We might even touch on the Ryder Cup. I know it's been a little while. Um, the trials and tribulations of doing a once-a-week podcast. Still a great victory, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get into all that, Greg, um, how are you doing, man? What's going on with you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Uh, last week, my brother surprised me. Got two tickets to the Saturday game for Red Sox-Blue Jays. Oh, so nice. Got to see the or- second night of the RT ceremonies. That's cool. Uh, they were, it was supposed to be just like Boston team celebration, so I was like, maybe Brady will show up. That was the rumor. He yeah, didn't no do way. anything. I yeah. was like, okay, fine, whatever. But then they started bringing out all these like families and people that he's helped out like with cancer and ALS and all these other things. And my brother and I were like, I thought this was team night, not let's get emotional and start crying in the whole stadium. Yeah. We were like getting like very emotional. I was like, I don't like this. I just want to drink beer and watch a game. I have a lot of thoughts about the big poppy celebrations that are going on right now. And I totally understand that, um, you know, we need to celebrate them. Um, but we'll get to it when we talk about uh, when we talk about the Red Sox here because I, I don't know if this is the best idea the Red Sox did towards the end of the season here. Yeah, um, mean, that sounds like fun though, man. It was, and then besides that, you know, been pretty normal week. Had a job interview the other day, so that's why we couldn't do it Wednesday. So my fault. Yeah, exactly. Try hey, to be in the real world. Go get you. Go get yourself employed, son. Yeah. What about you though, James? What have you been up to? Yeah, nothing really. Actually, I'm uh, I'm in a great mood, Greg. I love fall. Love it. I'm a big fall guy. I mean, your uh, outfit says it all right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm in a nice big wool pullover. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's literally wool. Yeah. Um, You're one of the few people I know that can actually wear that. Yeah, exactly. It gets too itchy for me. I um, I just love I love sweatshirts. I love flannels. I love football. 
I love uh, leaf changing, apple picking. Oh yeah, the full thing, man. Uh, I like pumpkin beers. I was gonna say, are you a big pumpkin spice guy? Uh, I like pumpkin spice in a couple things. I like pumpkin, I love, love pumpkin beers. Uh, love pumpkin pie. Uh, you know, if you want to make a muffin with some pumpkins on it, my girlfriend made Go pumpkin pumpkin cupcakes with uh, cream cheese frosting. Ooh, uh, I love that. And I also love just fall foods in general. You know, it's comfort food. Like like. Uh, I had my my girlfriend. Now you can maybe settle this argument. Actually, oh, oh my great. girlfriend and I had an argument that I say that chili is a year-round food, and she's telling me she's no, like no, no, no. It's only like a like a fall and winter and cold months food. Yeah, stick to your ribs, sort of thing. Uh, sorry, she's gonna hate me. And uh, I think chili is an all-year food. It's a year-round food. I like it all the time. All the time. I'm only allowed to make it in the fall and winter for the most part. Does your wife also have that? She hates chili. Oh, gotcha. She's, like, not a fan of it. She'll eat it, but she has, like, stipulations. Like, it can't be, like, too tomatoey. No, I'm telling which you, is dude, fine. Chili is a Chili, to me, but. is a year-round food. So uh, that's that's the way I'm viewing it, at least. You got to go chili all, all year round. You know, you can mild it off in the summer so it's not too hot. Oh, yeah. I like how this is also turning into like a food podcast. Oh, dude. If we turn this into a food podcast right now, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to get really Clearly off the I rails. Clearly, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get off the rails and we have a lot to talk about. Okay, NFL last week. Um, interesting week in football, Greg. We're going to go most impressed, least impressed again. We're going to bring that segment back, uh, which I love. It's an every know, other week type segment. Every other week. Uh, very cool. So, Greg, out of all the things that you saw last week, most impressed, least impressed, what are you going to uh, single out? What what was what stuck out to you in the NFL last week? Uh, I mean, it's going to be hard. Can I do? I'm going to do a duo this week. Okay. Just because it's probably the duo everybody was most impressed and least impressed by. Tread carefully. Matt so, Ryan and Julio ah, Jones. I know you would. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's hard. Right. If you, even if you agree, if you that was what you were going to go with. Yeah. I mean, how can you not be impressed by that? Five touchdowns over 500 yards. 300 yards receiving on 12 catches. Yeah. Those are unheard of numbers in a game. I mean, Julio Jones is now the leading receiver in, like, the NFL, and it's like, yeah, no shit. He had 300 yards in one game, and it's only week four. Yeah. Like, he just torched the defense. And it didn't even look hard. He has something like, uh, like, I don't know. I actually probably saw this tweet wrong, or it was probably phrased incorrectly, but I thought it said something that he saw. He has six 300-yard games. Or he's the sixth person with a 300-yard game. I think it's the sixth person with 300 yards. Sixth person with a 300-yard game. If he had game. six by himself, that'd be nuts. That'd be unreal, dude. Um, yeah, that's a really impressive line. And, and a lot of it, you know, really, you could you could say that it was Matt Ryan doing a majority of it, you know, but it's not one of the, it's one of those things where, you know, Julio had so much yards after catch, um, you know, it was, it, it was pretty much all on him. So it was a pretty impressive game for the Falcons. Are the Falcons real? Are we, do we think the Falcons are for real? They're three and one. They just beat the Panthers. They beat the Saints. Um, I mean, they play much better at home than they do on the road. So whenever I am always a little distrustful of dome teams, yeah, um, especially I mean, when they do really well iffy. at home. But what do you think? Are the Falcons for real here? Uh, I think this weekend will be a huge, you know, clearing up for that. I mean, they're going against the Broncos. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. It's a that. tough defense. So depending on how that game goes, I think then we can do juries in, juries out next week, and maybe they'll be oh, involved. Hey. hey, look little at that. teaser. Yeah, wow. Good job. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting good at this. I'm getting good at this stuff. <laughs> My most Probably should have pat myself on the back. That's probably takes it down a notch. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> My most impressed, um, and I have a couple things that I could pick from. I could pick from um, Ezekiel and Dak over in over in Dallas. Yeah. I could pick from Ben Roethlisberger, who uh, you know 
kind of ended this Chiefs game, <laughs> the Monday Night Chiefs game. <laughs> the Patriots offense began. as a whole, you know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I'll talk about that in the next part of the segment. No, uh, I get a pick from a couple of those things, but my most impressed actually for me was Derek Carr. Um, and we know that we had a lot of expectations for this guy coming in. Yeah. And I, w- I was going to pick Ben Roethlisberger, but um, we know that Ben Roethlisberger can do this. Derek Carr was making some unbelievable throws. He's doing um, off like his back foot, it seems. Off his back foot. They were like, it, it was just a really, really good game for him. He threw four touchdowns in every single throw. Like when you watch Red Zone for a while, you kind of get numb to these throws. And the ones that are really, that, that are really impressive stand out. Yeah. So a couple of the ones that he had in the back, um, you know, Michael Crabtree's catch, uh, you know, towards the end of the game winning touchdown. Yeah, he really even impressive. had a good week. Three touchdowns for him this week. So it, that, it, and just all of Carr's passes, he has a really great arm, but he also showed a lot of touch in the back of the end zone. Um, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast with Mike Lombardi, and Lombardi's point is whenever you're in the red zone and you're a quarterback and you're trying to uh, complete some passes, you want the pass, you want to throw low if you're towards the front of the goal line, and then if you're high. towards the back of the end zone, you want to throw high, and yeah. that's what Carr was doing. I mean, he went up, he basically gave his receivers to go up and get a chance to go get it. Yeah, I mean, it's prototypical, you know, what you need to do, and he was pulling it off no yeah. matter what the pressure was in his face. So I really like that, man. Derek Carr was really impressive, and that brings the Raiders to three and one, and I think that's really, you know, kind of the Raiders uh, looked a little shaky. Their defense is still super shaky. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens, man. This That's is, uh, supposed to be team. improved Oakland defense. <laughs> yeah, good talk. Um, cool. All right, Greg, least impressed. Well, who who stunk this week? There was a, there was a few. Yeah. I mean, there's teams are – after week four, there's 11, one, and three teams. Yeah. So you can just, like, put all of them in a pile and say they're all terrible. But I'm going to go with the team that didn't show up at all right. for their game, and it's not even the Patriots. Yeah. Well. You know, as much as I want to, it's not them. <laughs> it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs as a whole organization decided to just not even show up for Sunday Night Football in Pittsburgh. They basically got there, stepped on the field, and were like, you know what? Yeah, we'll just give it to them. It's just a Steelers chance to win. They had a rough week last week. It's yeah. cool. They uh, they got blown out. So let's let's repay them and get blown out. That's true. Yeah, um, I I was a big I'm I still I still am. Uh, I, I was a big Chiefs believer. Um, they have yet to win uh, under the Andy Reid Chiefs. They have yet to win a Sunday night, uh, Sunday night primetime game, which is so weird to me. Yeah, Reid used to be like one of the best people in primetime when he was with the Eagles, at least. I'm still a fan. I think that this is just one of those things that you know, every once in a while, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, that offense is going to put together one of these nights, and this is just one of those nights. You know, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the better team comes out and punches you in I the mean, mouth. Le'Veon Bell came back, had 18 carries, 144 yards in his first game back. He was almost one of my most impressed, just because good. he hadn't played all season. And he comes out and does that type of performance. Yeah. Um, my least impressed. I could go with a couple of them. I could go with. Uh, I could go with the uh, the Cardinals offense. Which, you know, granted, without Carson Palmer, uh, it, it, that's the reason why I'm not picking them. Because against the Rams, they only put up 13 points. Um, I could go with Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers because I kind of was on their bandwagon beforehand. Yeah. And then I could easily, easily go with the uh, New England Patriots because Deceptive. they really just should not have, have lost that game uh, as badly as they did. Even with Brissett, um, their defense looked pretty bad. 
I mean, it was um, only a two-score game when you think about it. Yeah, I know, but it, it, the time of possession so was the ugly. thing that I looked about. The time they so ugly. They basically had that. the The Bills had the ball the entire first half. I went to the fair in the in Western Mass. That's like the big the fair, BD, and yeah. I was kind of glad I didn't have to witness that game. Um, but I'm going with my least impressed uh, is every game that we've ever played in London. <laughs> I just can't stand it, man. These games are so bad. You got so hyped up last week, too, being like football in London. Oh, I watched it. I watched the whole thing. But good Lord, Greg. It was a decent game. No, it wasn't. 30-27. Did you watch it? No. Yeah, exactly. I it's see. not. It's. It was an ugly 30-27. I did read the headline that the guy from Jacksonville wrote saying, Jack off to a great start. Yeah, exactly. Like literally, like the the Jaguars had like nine penalties for a hundred and forty yards. Like every other every other call was pass interference. Um, it, Andrew Luck just does not look that good anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Like even if the, the Colts scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter, and Andrew Luck still doesn't even look that good. Um, I don't know, man. It's just a, they did not. It was not a fun game to watch. If you watch that game, you would not have been impressed at all. We're not sending a good product over to England. They don't know how to react. <laughs> you mean sending the Jags over every single year? Yeah, exactly. Um, the te- the fans don't even totally know how to react. They're all wearing different jerseys. I didn't like it at all. And I watched every second of it, Greg, and I didn't like it at all. Uh, so I'm least impressed with the games that we're sending over to London. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I'm, I'm glad you did, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Do you want to go off the Patriots a little bit, just because you seem no, 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 no. Can they be like your backup? I know. I option? just want to. I want to forget last week, Greg. I think that we're all going to forget last week because I don't know if you know this. Uh, no one's really been talking about it very much. But Tommy P's back, baby. What up, Greg? Oh, is that is that who's back this week? <laughs> I, I've heard that. Tom Brady at back. all? Yeah. In general, <laughs> on any sports radio. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, we have a bunch. We have a bunch of games we want to pick this week, and we're going to go ahead. We have a pick from Michigan Mike this week. Guest picks from Michigan Mike. Yeah, Michigan Mike. If you haven't heard him before, well, I'm sorry that you had to bear with this. He basically flies through his picks, so we're going to let him give his picks first. He picks three games this week. He'll clearly tell you which ones they are in a really dumb way. Sorry, Mike. It's true. But uh, yeah, here you go. Hey guys, Michigan Mike here. I'm your guest picker for this week. I know it's a little odd considering my name is Michigan Mike and I am from Michigan, but my mother is pure Boston. So I was absolutely raised a Pats fan and they've asked me to pick three games, Pats v. Browns, Falcons v. Broncos, and Texans v. Vikings. Man, I got to go with the Pats v. Browns first and the Patriots are going to thump the Browns. As is per the usual, the Browns are terrible. Now you get Tom Brady back. He's going to be on a revenge tear. Ooh, that game could get ugly. So definitely Patriots big over the Browns. Now Falcons v. Broncos. I might shock you guys a little bit with this one. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think that their offense is legit. They always play well in the beginning of the season. It's at the end of the season that they suck. And I think that Julio Jones is just, he's just so good. So we'll see. But I think the Falcons beat the Broncos in a very close game. The Texans v. Vikings was a little more difficult for me. Um, I would say the Vikings, that defense is unreal. Sam Bradford is playing really well in that offense. So I've got to go with the Vikings here. Watch the Vikings just pick apart Osweiler. He has not looked that great this season, and I think that he's going to have some trouble against that very elite defense. Those are my three picks for this week, guys, and good luck. All right, Michigan Mike. Love yeah. it. Great, great speeding through your picks there, Mike. Just give the kid a break. Um, I don't want to. Okay. So, um, 
we have a couple games we want to pick this week. We actually, uh, since we're doing this on Friday, we saw a Thursday night game last week. It was the Cardinals 49ers. Cardinals won. Part of the reason why I'm not giving least impressed to the Cardinals offense is because they did pretty well last night. Um, I had Larry Fitzgerald on my fantasy team, so, Ooh, so you check. must have done well. Yep. Um, but we have a couple <laughs> games we're going to pick. Um, the first one that we're going to do, uh, just because, uh, you know, it, it's it's this one's for me, Greg. I'm going to be totally honest with you. This one's for me. Um, the Patriots are playing the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Patriots are pa- favored by 10.5 points. Uh, the return of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Uh, to the fold here. My favorite thing that's happening right now is that I'm looking at all these scores on ESPN and they, and they highlight the players to watch in each of these games. And the first player to watch in this game apparently is Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who has got four touchdowns and almost 500 yards. So uh, make sure you keep an eye out on Jimmy Garoppolo, Greg. Uh, he's going to be a big impact player here. Yeah, I heard. It's going to be huge. So, Greg, do you think that Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to come into Cleveland and, uh, and win the game here? Or do you think that the Browns are going to play spoilers for Brady's return? Uh, clearly, the Browns are going to play sp- – no. Yeah, I can't even – I can't even, like, say that with any sort of – Kick it through it. No. Just because – let's be honest. Patriots, Patriots are going to blow them out. They got a 10 po- – I think it's a 10.5 right 10 now half, spread for that uh, game. Spread, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give, you know, Cleveland the chance of – you know, making that, but Brady's going to put up numbers. It's going to be a bloodbath for the most part. Uh, I think, you know, one of our listeners will, you know, progressive Yeti on Twitter keeps tweeting at me, telling me Brady's going to break the single game record, throw eight touchdown passes, just completely annihilate Cleveland and take them off the map. Well, I, have, I don't think that's going to be necessarily true. Oh, I have Edelman and Gronk on my fantasy team who have given me like a net net gain of like 10 points this whole season. So I'd really love that to happen. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But I, I made it a little more realistic. I was like, you know, I'm going to give him like four touchdowns. First game back, I'm going to guess there's going to be some timing and rust issues. Just a quick four touchdowns. Just a quick four touchdowns and, and no big deal. Uh, and uh, hey, Matt Ryan threw five last week. It's possible. It's just yeah, like, a, there you go. It's like a thing. So yeah, P- Patrick. Patriots. Patriots over the Browns. I'm thinking the Patriots as well. It's pretty much of a no-brainer here. Uh, I can't really envision a scenario where the Cleveland Browns beat the New England Patriots, especially coming off a loss. Bill Belichick does not lose two games in a row, especially when you get Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. back. Um, (laughs) Like, he doesn't have to keep saying his full name. The other 1 o'clock game that we want to talk about is the Texans and Vikings. Texans going into Minneapolis to play Minnesota. Um, who is favored by seven points here. The Vikings are 4-0, Greg, and they look really good. Their defense is spectacular. Uh, Sam Bradford is kind of just holding down their position, basically doing everything that you wish he did last year. Um, so do you think that the Vikings can hand the – excuse me, the Texans can hand the Vikings their first loss of the season? I think that Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler will be able Sorry. to break through. It's a hard name. This ice-cold Minnesota defense, or do you think the Vikings continue to 5-0 and and beat up on the Houston Texans. As much as it pains me to say Sam Bradford is going to be on a team that's 5-0, Sam Bradford is going to be on a team that's 5-0. <laughs> uh, Minnesota's defense is just way too good. You saw how disruptive they were with the Giants. Odo Beckham was getting angry. It was great to watch as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, but that defense has just been playing too good. And as I said, give them, if the offense could give them 14, 17 points, that range, most likely they win a game. I basically said that game was over after it was 7 nothing. With the way that defense was playing. Yeah. So, I don't think much is going to change with Houston. Osweiler hasn't been fantastic so far. Yeah, they're 3-1, and one, but it's a deceptive 3-1, and one, I think. 
And uh, I'm going to give Minnesota the edge here. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and take the Texans here um, just to be a contrarian. And I think that, you know, I'm a big regression back towards the mean kind of guy. And uh, I don't think that the Vikings defense is a fluke by any stretch of the imagination. But the Texans defense also is a top five defense right now. Um, So I I think that, you know, when you stick Sam Bradford in front of there, and I think this kind of stuff is going to catch up to them when they have no running backs and they only have really one playmaker on the outside, Stephon Diggs. uh, so I think that the that I think that Bradford's gonna struggle against this Texans defense the same way that Osweiler's probably gonna struggle against the Vikings defense. Um, I think it's gonna be a low-scoring game, and I think I'm just gonna pick the I think I'm just gonna pick the Texans strictly because I think that the Vikings are not gonna go five and zero. I can't really see that happening, but I could be wrong. Um, that's that's mostly for me being a contrarian. Yeah, you could be wrong. Um, okay, four o'clock games: Falcons at Broncos. Denver's favored by four point five. Uh, points. Um, they're they're also four and zero. Falcons are three and one. Matt Ryan is got eleven touchdowns on the season. Um, you know a big bump from last year, uh, last game. I mean, um, but he's tied with Ben Roethlisberger for the most in the league so far. Um, Greg, I was telling you about these this team here, the Falcons. You know, not uh, you know being a little deceptive when they're outside of the dome. What do you think is gonna happen when they get to Mile High, uh, Sports Authority Field? <sighs> Michigan Mike thinks there's going to be a big, you know, changing of the guard almost with the Falcons taking over, you know, get, becoming the new champs of the South and all that dumb stuff. It's not going to happen. Falcons are going to lose a mile high. I mean, plain and simple, Denver's defense is number one, number two defense, just like Minnesota. And depending on – even if Simeon doesn't play, the rumors coming out are Paxton Lynch has looked really good and it's been apparently nipping at Simeon's heels so far this whole season. So if he has to step in, I don't think it's going to be an issue. You have two guys that could be number one receivers on teams with Thomas and Sanders. Sanders has been putting up numbers as a number two guy for them, and it's looked really good. Falcons, I think, without Julio Jones potentially going off again, are going to struggle a little bit offensively. I'm going to give it to like a 2014-2017 type game in Broncos' favor. Yeah, I would be hard-pressed to try to figure out a way the Falcons were going to beat this game. The Falcons' defense is... Um, well, last last week or the week before, they had a, a better showing. But you know, up to very recently, the Falcons' defense was trending to be historically bad. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess it doesn't matter too much against Paxton Lynch. I realized that he looked pretty good, but he's still Paxton Lynch, and he's still got a horrible mustache. So uh, I don't really know what what we're gonna. The stash does hurt his credit him. a little bit. Exactly. I don't know what we're gonna see from him this week. So I I guess I'll go ahead and pick the Broncos here. I don't feel good about it. Um, I, I want to pick the Falcons, but my heart just isn't in it. So uh, Broncos over Falcons in Sports Authority Field or Mile High Stadium, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, this weekend. Uh, the other 4 o'clock game, or 425 game, I should say, Bengals at Cowboys. 2-2 two and two Bengals going into AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Cincinnati is actually favored on the road here by one, which I don't totally understand. The Bengals are 2-2, two and two, the Cowboys are 3-1. and one. How are we seeing what 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 are we seeing out of Cincinnati that means that that makes them favored by one? Um, you got me, but give me what you think, Greg. Do you think that the Bengals right the ship and get back to uh, over five hundred? Do you think the Cowboys go to four and one and send the Bengals down to kind of some soul searching in the AFC here? Well, James, I'm going to tell you exactly why people have thought that yeah. and think the Bengals should win the game. One, the Cowboys have beaten the 49ers, not that great. Yeah, the Redskins, not that great. Their only loss, their loss this year came to the Giants. Very close game. Yeah, not week, again. Week Giants. One, right? Yeah, week one. Again, not that fantastic of a team right now as we've seen. 
So their opponents haven't been anybody that's outstanding that you're going to look at and go, wow, they definitely deserve to, uh, you know, have the edge right now at home. Again, you still have to remember Prescott is a rookie. So Bengals have, you know, been playing pretty well for the most part. They've just had one really bad showing, I feel like. And I think uh, Steelers game was closed 24-16 in week two, I want to say. Yeah, week two. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go with them. A.J. Green's been phenomenal. As long as you get him going, Des Bryant might not be playing in this game, so it's an offensive weapon that you get taken away against a very good defense for the most part. Bengals' defense has been pretty solid the past few seasons. They have a good pass rush. Prescott hasn't dealt with a very hard pass rush, I feel like, from most defenses this year. So it's going to be something new for him to face. Yes, he hasn't thrown any interceptions. I think he throws his first one in this week. So I'm going Bengals. Um, I... I don't know, man. I, I'm you know that I'm firmly on the Dak Prescott bandwagon here. I also just didn't want to shout Dak attack. My voice I don't think could take it. I know I'm not going to do that, but uh I can't really see I, I'm not just I'm just not seeing what people are looking at here with the Bengals. Um that would make them feel like some sort of powerhouse anymore, you know. I mean I realized that they were good last year. Um they're only two and two. Um but I don't know. I, I just, I'm I'm having trouble seeing it. Andy Dalton's only thrown three touchdowns. Um, you know, AJ, AJ Green probably. AJ Green has granted been pretty good. You know, he's he's got a lot of yardage, but he's only got two touchdowns. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott has as many touchdowns as Andy Dalton's thrown. Um, I just don't. I believe in in Dak Prescott. I believe in this kind of uh, in this offense. I think that the Cowboys are starting to really put it together now. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys in Arlington um, to beat the Bengals. I don't really think the Bengals are that good anymore this year. Um, that's a big, big hot take coming in here, but they just don't have enough weapons. They basically have Andy Dalton and A.J. Green's on the other side. Um, they Andy don't have, like, hair. They don't really have that like um, guy on the left-hand side, that, what, like Mohamed Sanu or something like that. Like They don't have that guy Oh, they're wide out? Yeah, the other wide out. Yeah. Um, yeah, they so, lost their two big wives, Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu. And they don't have a good running game right now. Um, Giovanni Bernard is not exactly, you know, put up a lot of big numbers right now. Or whoever I'll help the hell else. Hill. Is it Jeremy Hill now? Jeremy Hill's their primary runner and Bernard's more so in for pass downs. But even still, like they were they were they're Know your players, more, James. Know your players. Whatever. I Gio Bernard <laughs> he's he's on there, Gio Bernard. Uh, I don't know. So I, I I can't see the Bengals doing very much against this Cowboys. The Cowboys biggest um the Cowboys' biggest weakness on defense is rush defense. And we don't have a good rusher, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> biggest weakness um, is their defense. Well, yeah. Okay. In general. Okay. Um, and then the last game that we want to talk about today is the uh, Giants-Packers. Giants are going into Lambeau Field. Uh, Sunday night, primetime game. Uh, this is one of those games Gross. that football nerds love just because, you know, old school. Old school New York football Giants, Green Bay Packers. It was, a, it was a great, Thank I don't you. know what impersonation that was. Yeah, it was good. Was that a um, nerd impersonation? Because I've never heard a nerd sound no, no, that just tough. Like football heads, you know, like uh, football guys. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Giants are 2-2. Two and two, Packers are 2-1. and one. They had a bye week last week. Green Bay is favored by seven points, Greg. Green Bay is getting a touchdown at home here in Lambeau. Um, what do you think is going to happen, man? Do you think that the Giants are going to come back and uh, hand Green Bay their second loss? Or do you think the Packers are going to light it up against this defense? Uh, I think the Packers are going to light it up. Not to like a you know, 40-something point game like we saw Steelers do last week. I think it's going to be high scoring on each side. Neither side's defense has been <laughs> that great. No. Uh, you know, I think the Giants tried to throw a lot of cash at their defense, and nothing happened. 
So Green Bay's defense has never been fantastic. They got Clay Matthews and Ha Clinton Dix, and like a few other guys that can be playmakers. Just nobody that's fantastic though. Pass rush isn't great. Uh, but you know, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Jordy Nelson, uh, I'm going to give you the edge, especially against the Giants, who right now psychologically seem to be falling apart. OBJ has a lot of issues. There's talk of him getting potentially suspended for a game by the team because of how much of a distraction he's become. And when that's going on, it's taken away from what you're doing on the field, what you're doing in practice. Your teammates are getting bothered probably by all the questions being asked of them about it. You know, you're punching, kicking nets, and they're punching back. It's just all a whole big mental head case over in New York right now. And I don't think they get past that, at least this week, especially in going into Lambeau Field. Probably going to be cold. You know, first really chilly game of the year is my guess. And Aaron Rodgers loves the cold weather. He loves prime time. So I think they're going to take it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Uh, I, you know, I can't really figure out a way that the Giants beat this team. Uh, especially in home, I think the seven points is the is too high though. That's yeah, it's, a, that's it's a big high line. up there. But uh, Eli Manning's been pretty pedestrian. Um, Eddie Lacy, though, on the other hand, for Green Bay has been pretty horrible. Not horrible, but I mean, he's just not been that good. Neither of these teams are that inspiring. I don't know why we're picking this game. Um, you, you asked me to. I know that's fair. That's on me. I'll take the L t- on this I one. I totally would have uh, preferred Eagles over the Lions because oh, that's what on. it's going to be. That's the worst game on the slate the entire that's day. That's not true at all. Um, There's definitely worse game. Pick a worse game. Pick a worse game on the slate today. What's the worst game this week? Uh, What's the game that no one's going to want to watch? Bills Rams? Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, Let's see. Titans Dolphins? Titans Dolphins is the worst game on the slate. (laughs) No, wait, no, no. Bears Colts. It's a tie between Bears Colts and Titans Dolphins. Yeah. uh, None of those are pretty. I might give it to Bears Colts because the fact that the Titans and the Dolphins play in a hard rock stadium, I kind of love that. Um,. Plus, who knows if the Dolphins Titans game could be moved to somewhere cool? Because oh, of the, the hurricane, hurricane Matthew. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm taking uh, Hurricane Clay Matthews. I'm taking cool. uh, back Packers over Giants. Um, okay, cool, man. That's it for NFL. Anything you want to touch on before we break into the MLB? No, I got my OBJ trash talking in. I'm good. pretty good. There's not other big stories right now in the NFL. I don't think. I'm gonna need a wet towel and uh, you know some Gatorade and just basically. Uh, a lot of recuperation uh, supplies after this Patriots game this week against. You the Browns. need some uh, lotion and like tissues. No, 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 no! Don't need that. That's obscene. Uh, you know, just stuff that. Uh, not like the stuff 90, that cools me down. Ninety percent of the other Patriots fans. No. Uh, okay, MLB. We're in the playoffs, man. We're in the thick of it. Uh, we're finally here, folks. We made it. 162 games later, we're at the playoffs. Plus a little extra because we've already played a couple of playoffs. Yeah, games. yeah the, well, you had the 163, the wild card games. They yeah. can call it the 163rd game for um, some odd reason. We had some exciting games, man. Those are some two wild. We'll start with the wild card games. Let's start with the a uh, the AL wild. No, yeah, let's start with the yeah, AL, AL wild card game. Was first. Um, so Blue Jays Orioles AL East battle in Rogers Center in Canada. Uh, and a walk-off win Yeah, it was, the Blue it was, Jays. It was exciting. I mean, I predicted it was going to be a slugfest. I consider any time there's more than two home runs a slugfest. So there were three. So it counts. Yeah. And there was a beer can thrown. Yeah. So I think that, that, was that ugly, adds man. to it. Hey, Toronto fans, like, chill. It's bandwagoners. They don't know how to react to things. I guess, but come on. Even their is... manager called them out for it. Did it's... you hear that? I didn't, know. Their manager was having an interview, and they are like, how do you feel about the fans today? He's like, well, you know... 
after, you know, we finally started doing well this year and last year. So, you know, the fans have started to come out of the woodwork a little bit more and showing up for games. Huh, I'm like, funny. man, when your manager knows you're all bandwagon fans, that's awful. Yeah, so uh, just relax a little bit, yeah. Toronto fans. Uh, Take a breath. Yeah, but uh, really exciting game. Uh, went to the 11th inning? Yes, the 11th. And then, uh, and then it was Estrada. Yeah. And Encarnacion. Encarnacion. Oh, With whoops, a Estrada, big three-run yeah. uh, walk-off blast. Estrada actually was the pitcher yesterday. Whoops. Encarnacion yeah, um, right. uh, with the walk-off blast. Jose Batista had a, had a big home run, too. Guy's just money in the postseason, huh? Yeah, he couldn't do shit in the regular season, but postseason, he's good. It is what it is. Uh, and that puts them up against the uh, the Texans, uh, the the Rangers. Excuse me. Wow, Mara's still in football mode. Yeah, it's all right. Um, puts them up against the Rangers. Um, who they blasted in game one, yeah, 10 man. to 1. Cole Hamless got blown up. Not pretty. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, man, do you have any, uh, any thoughts about the, uh, about the American League series going forward? We, had the, we have the Rangers against the Blue Jays, and then we also last night had the uh, Red Sox against the Indians. Yeah, and uh, so it's both series played their first games. Blue Jays are up one nothing. Indians are up one nothing. Uh, the wild card game, like we said, was exciting. It had everything you want in that wild card game. If you don't like these wild card games, I don't know what's wrong with get you. Get out like, of here. This is like the most fun out there. Yeah, they get it's super pumped up. Uh, I heard a, every pitch. I heard a great point. Yeah, referring to the NLDS wild card game. Okay, was the Mets should not have all dyed their hair for the wild card game. Wait till you actually make a series. Because now they all dyed their hair for the playoffs, yeah, and they got one game. That's a bummer. <laughs> That's a tough game to swallow if you're a Mets fan too. I guess we'll go to, we'll switch over to the NL right now. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll give our predictions for the division series after the two wild card talks. Yeah, uh, the the NL wild card series uh, was basically an unbelievable pitchers duel up through like seven innings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it was the Bum versus Thor. Yeah, so Bumgarner versus Syndergaard, um, and they both just looked fantastic, man. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow, though, if you're a Mets yeah. fan, because you do everything right and you get to the bullpen. Um, Syndergaard basically gives you, you know, everything you can get. Yeah, it's exactly what you're looking for out of him, uh, and you get out of bases loaded, jams a couple times, um, all this kind of stuff, and then uh, Connor Gillespie. Yeah. Um, Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Came up with no batting gloves. Everybody in San Francisco was like, "You don't know Connor Gillespie," and you're yeah, like, "No, exactly. I don't." Sorry. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and and with one swing, that's it. Met season over. Oh, it was awful. I mean, there was one. There was the one inning that you thought maybe they got twenty eight pitches on Bumgarner in one inning. So you yeah. were like, all right, his pitch count's going to get up there. We're going to get to the bullpen. This is what we need. It turns and, out Bumgarner's just a postseason robot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think if he got up to two hundred pitches, they were just going to keep keep riding and be like, you know what, just go, keep going. We're going into fifteenth inning. Bumgarner again, go out there. It's an unbelievable. He's unbelievable. also a good bat in the lineup. He can hit. I know this is the, this is scary, man. You have to be you have to be if you're a Cubs fan, you have to be a little nervous about this right now. Yeah, right? I mean, except I looked at the Cubs postseason uh, lineup for a pitching order. Yeah, their pitching is stacked. It's like ridiculous. I know it's Lester. Uh, I want to say Hendricks, but I don't think that's right. Uh, Arietta and Lackey are there one through four. I know, I know all that, but like. This is the thing about these wild card games too that freaks that would freak me out, which is why I'm pretty glad that we're not playing the Blue Jays right now. Is that it's a huge emotional boost when you win those games. Yeah, plus it's like winning a game seven, and all of a sudden, like you're kind of riding high, and you've got that full. You're feeling unity. 
Plus, you get a pattern almost because you're like, okay, you got a day off between end of season, yeah, this game, and then you only get another day off before you have to play again. Whereas all these division guys had to wait three days, and that's a long time in baseball world yeah, for them. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that baseball, uh, more than any other sport, is uh, very much a very much a game about um, streaks and also just kind of mindset. You yeah, know, if you have like everything. the right mindset as a team, you can go uh, pretty far. And I think that's kind of um, Bore itself out in the first game of the AL of the ALDS. Yeah, uh, with the with the Blue Jays winning ten to one over the Rangers. That was nuts. Um, we have the so the the Red Sox lost last night against the Indians. That was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, except yeah. for the whole three home runs in a matter of four batters for the Indians. That was a bummer, man. Porcello was... looked really good this season, and uh, we need to turn to David Price right now. Luckily, we signed a guy who's supposed to be our ace, who's going to be pitching tonight. Yeah. Um, so against we'll a beat up, there. against a beat up guy for the Indians, who you got to hope you can knock around. And Indians used two of their best pitchers last night for plus innings, so you have to assume they're not available tonight. At least yeah, that's the Red Sox hope mentality. Yeah, we're gonna see what happens. I mean, it looks like the game started off really well too. We had a great first inning. Yeah, our offense is gonna is gonna turn itself around a little bit. And the thing that encourages me, even though you know it doesn't sound like it's gonna encourage me, was that. Uh, Betts and Bogarts were both like held hitless last night. Yeah. Um, oh man, it was. I tweeted out. I was like, it was horrible watching. I think it was the eighth or ninth inning. It might have been the ninth. Bogarts swung at every single pitch in the dirt. Yeah. Half checked swings. He couldn't commit to a swing. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. swung at everything that was over his head, no matter what the call was. Yeah. Be. But so, but the reason why it's encouraging is if either if it, if Betts, Bradley, and Bogarts, if even like one or two of those guys turns it on, all of a sudden that turns from a four-five game to like a seven-five game, and the Red Sox win. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, they had plenty of chances. They were giving themselves opportunities. They had the eighth inning, David Ortiz turning on the Jets hustle double, which yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Ortiz move that fast. That's true. Um, the one thing I'll say about Ortiz is I think this whole farewell tour, especially the end of it here is emotionally draining. Oh, like yeah. I said that like the Red Sox like this like baseball is supposed to be a mindset game and uh, having a having a game and having a, a a series being played right after that whole process and talking to everybody and you're getting pulled in every which way and your your mind's not on baseball. No. Um, and and that's kind of be that's going to be kind of frustrating. We saw that in the last series against the Blue Jays. We didn't uh, he didn't play very well. No, he didn't. Um, the Red Sox didn't play very well. And now all of a sudden, I really hope that it's not kind of leaking into into um, the postseason here because we finished the season on such a high note. Uh, I'm hoping that we can kind of uh, kind of bring this around. I think they do. Uh, I think in general, it is emotional. That few days off, I think actually really helped them all. Yeah. Uh, even Farrell said it's kind of just something they need at this point because of how emotional the final few weeks of the season were uh, with like the clinching off a walk-off grand slam for the opposing team yeah. all the way to the Ortiz ceremonies. Um, but, you know, I have faith. I have to have faith in the Red Sox. They made a Twitter bet with a podcast called The Curse Podcast. Uh, so Red Sox need to win, so they changed their profile pick to Big Poppy instead of mine to some random Indians player. Nice. Uh, but in general, I'm going to go. My prediction for this series is Sox take it. It might take all five games. But I think they take it. I originally was hoping for a sweep because, you know, it's really relaxing when that happens. Yeah. But uh, hopefully if David Price can win to get today, it all resets back to zero and it's a best of three. Just like that. Um, okay. We have four games on today, Greg. Yes. It's a lot of games. Uh, we have uh, Toronto at Texas, Boston at Cleveland, 
L.A. at Washington, San Francisco at Chicago. Um, this is pretty cool. So uh, this is kind of right in the thick of it. If you're starts a baseball, at one o'clock today. Too. Yeah, if you're a baseball fan, we got baseball all day for you. When does the NLDS um, start? Do you have the times for that? The NLDS, yeah. Um, the Dodgers uh, play Washington at five thirty-eight. Is the first pitch? Okay, that's a weird time. It's playoff um, and baseball then, scheduling. And then, uh, the Cubs, then that must be like eight, the eight o'clock game. For some reason, it's saying nine fifteen. Oh, why is it that late? Uh, because to accommodate. Yeah. So this was it's in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, the... I guess it's a Chicago. Okay, it's Eastern time, so eight fifteen. Yeah. Central so it's time. gonna be. Uh... Okay. So um, yeah. So it's one o'clock. So we have one o'clock, four thirty, five thirty, and nine. Yeah. Two on TBS. Two on FS1. Yep. Um, so we gave uh, I gave my uh, prediction for that at least one series in ALDS. Yeah, you thinking uh, Boston's going to take it? I also think that uh, I think that Boston's going to take this one against Cleveland too. I think that the, that Boston is just too good, and I yeah. think that's a big emotional win first game at home for Cleveland, and that's awesome. But I think that the Red Sox are going to take this next one. Offensively, it should be a great series. The number one and two in the runs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also think that Toronto is going to beat up on Texas. I think Texas um, – I, I saw some stats about Texas. They are the most overachieving team in the yeah, NFL this year. I thought year. Texas was going to win, but after that game yesterday, I'm rethinking my pick. No, no. The run, the run differential is very, very significant. Um, they're, they're pretty uh, – it's pretty real – um, how overachieving and how opportunistic Texas has been, which yeah. is what which is what you need. This is what, it's what season. all the baseball season's about. It's about um, those wins. But if you're getting shelled, if you're if your ace is getting shelled like that in game one, uh, it's not a good sign for the next couple games. No, so no. I'm thinking that we're looking at a Boston Toronto um, ALCS. ALCS, which will be it'd be intense. It'll be intense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And then this after the afternoon night games: um, Dodgers and Nationals and Giants at Cubs. What do you got here? Uh, so I'm just going to go through the game plus prediction for them. Uh, so Nationals, Dodgers. Dodgers are going to do what they always do in the playoffs, which is seems to choke. Uh, Nationals have at least enough pitching, even with Strasburg out. Murphy's coming back from his weird butt injury that he keeps yeah. having. Scherzer yeah. could be the NL Cy Young winner. Yeah, I mean, and Harper, you got to assume, is going to be hopefully trying to amp it up. Nationals, I think, are just going to take it. Kershaw, we'll see. Maybe that time off helped his playoff pitching because he's not a playoff pitcher from what we've seen in the past. So I'm going to go Nationals in four. I think LA takes at least one when they're home, but that's about it. I'm also going to take the uh, Nationals in this one too. Um, yeah, I mean, I just can't. Uh, I'm not a. I've never been on the Dodgers bandwagon. I've said this all season. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not a huge believer. Pick them as Dodgers. my West winners, and that's about it. They also can't um, hit lefties, and the and the Nationals have a ton of lefties. Like that's one of the things that like their biggest weakness um, is like the Dod- the whole Dodgers lineup cannot hit lefties worth shit. Yeah, so, it's a problem. Um, that's a problem. At um, least I've, I've been told that's usually an issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and then the other one is uh, the Giants at Cubs. Do you think that the even magic, baby? Uh, is going to make this happen. I mean, if that wildcard game didn't make you believe, I don't know what will. But I still <laughs> think it's uh, the year of the Cubs. I mean, 103 wins. Team is dominated from beginning to end. It's going to be hard to see them lose to a Giants team that doesn't have Bumgarner probably pitching until Monday, is my guess, Yeah. Uh, for game three. So you don't have your ace pitcher. You have Cueto today, who's just as good almost as Bumgarner this whole season. But uh, just in general, I think Cubs offense, pitching – you have Chapman in the bullpen. 
I'm thinking uh, I might be feeling a sweep here for the Cubs. I'm taking Cubs too. I'm not going to say sweep. I'm taking the Cubs as well. Um, I just want one person to sweep. That's all I want. I know. I, I, I'm just uh, I'm rooting here. I think like everyone in the entire world is rooting for a Red Sox-Cubs World Series because I think that'd just be a lot of fun. A lot of fun storylines would be in that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's it for baseball, man. Uh, what else do we want to touch upon before we leave? Uh, college football. Yep. So we'll go to that first just because a few big games this week. Had a few big games last week. Uh, Wisco versus Michigan. Michigan finally had to face a team that, you know, was talented. And it showed a little bit more. I mean, they won 14-7, to but it was hard fought. A lot of grinding in that game. A lot of defensive, uh, you know, stops that made it a fun game if you like that type. Yeah. Uh, so Michigan wins that, stays undefeated. Wisconsin had a good battle. So, you know, at least you can see Wisconsin might be a legit, you know, issue for some of the teams down the line that could be, you know, taking some of these undefeated Big Ten guys down. And then the other big game last week, which I don't know if you saw the ending of it, Louisville-Clemson. 42-36, Clemson won. But did you see the end of the game? No. Oh, man. So end of the game, for those of you who didn't watch, which if you haven't seen the highlights up to this point, I don't know how. Lamar Jackson, probably going to be the favorite for the Heisman, at least still right now. Had to drive the Cardinals 75 yards in like two minutes. Drives them 60 yards, fourth and 16 because of a penalty on a lineman that was dumb with like seven, eight seconds left or something like that. Throws to his guy on the outside who's about four yards from the first down. Guy catches it, makes a move instead of to the inside, goes to the outside, gets pushed out one yard short of the first down. Doesn't even try fighting for the yard, and game's over. He ran the clock out before he even got out of bounds. Or no, didn't run the clock out, but got out of bounds with only a few seconds left. But it was fourth down. Didn't matter. Clemson won the game, and it was just kind of like, how? Like if I'm Lamar Jackson, I am so pissed at that guy for not. He didn't even look like he like knew where the first down marker was. You got to know in that situation. College football has been really interesting this year. Yeah, Uh, really, really good few games. Um, you got two big ones this week too. Well, this week is this week is conference week, man. Uh, everyone's playing in their own conference this week. Uh, tonight we have Boston uh, Clemson at Boston College for an ACC matchup. <laughs> Why would you even mention Clemson's going to roll? Uh, I think the game's in Boston College too, it right? Is in Boston College, Absolutely. yeah. So that's going to be tons of traffic. Um, we have the Red River rivalry, Texas versus Oklahoma, which I love. I love that thing. I don't Charlie really Strong's love a lot of job could be on the line. Football. Huh? Charlie Strong's job could be on the line. Um, yeah, well, they've, <laughs> the athletic director apparently has already come out this week and said we're not going to fire Charlie Strong during the season. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. Great um, way to support I love, the team. I don't love a lot of things about college football, and I love the Red River rivalry. It's a good rivalry. I love this one. Uh, but basically everybody's playing in conference, man. Um, the big one is Tennessee at Texas A&M. Yeah, 8 for uh, 9. The SEC. Texas A&M is favored by 7 points. Um, it's not surprising. Uh, well, I mean, if you saw the Tennessee game last week, they won on a Hail Mary, which, impressive. But still, they haven't been blowing people away. They haven't been looking like a top 10 team. They're just undefeated and have beaten a good amount of people to put them there. Yeah. The other game that's going to be interesting is Florida State versus Miami. The U. FSU versus you. the U. Um, also at Hard Rock Stadium. God, I love that. Um, so cool. We got a lot. I really wish it was like the Hard Rock Cafe Stadium. I that's feel like that'd the, be better. Well, that no, 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 no. The Hard Rock Stadium. You have the Hard Rock Hotel. You have the Hard Rock Cafe, and you have the Hard Rock Stadium. I know. I just want it. I just wanted to sound weirder with the name. Well, whatever. 
Um, I hope they have a bunch of guitars hanging up. But God, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah, um, you see, we should just like send you down there. Uh, hey, so uh, go fund me uh, for the sports tents. Yeah, send James to the Hard Rock Stadium. I love it. Um, cool, man. A lot of college football. A lot of good <laughs> college football happening this Saturday. So um, check it out, man. All right. Yeah, and then uh, last things we should probably touch on is uh, one thing I want to talk about. Oh, give Ryder me Cup. What? Give your spiel about the Ryder Cup. About the Ryder Cup? Yeah. Yeah, you said you didn't watch it much. No, uh, I didn't. Let me ask. I should just go on like a long tangent here to fill, here, in, give some, me, give fill me, in some time. Give me 30 seconds about the Ryder Cup and then I have 30 seconds to the end just for me. No, I got something else to talk about too. I just got like a whole bunch of little tidbits. Why do you have something else to talk about? Because. Didn't, you didn't why not? bring anything up. What yeah. else did you bring up? I'm surprising you. It's a surprise. First, I'm focusing on the Ryder Cup. I'm, I'm not kidding. No, I'm not seconds. taking 30 seconds from the Ryder Cup. I am not taking 30 seconds from the Ryder Cup. You're getting 30 seconds from the Ryder Cup. This no, is all you're going to get. I get more than 30 seconds. You're wasting your seconds. No, this is ridiculous. There's way too much to cover. Ready, more set, than 30 seconds. And I hate you. Go. So, the Ryder Cup happened last week. If you hadn't seen it, really emotional. You know, you had Arnold Palmer's bag at the beginning. RIP. U.S. fans were getting rowdy. It was great. Europe hated it. Fantastic. You know, first session of the week, you know, U.S. sweeps 4 nothing. Europe comes back. The emotion's crazy. People are shouting at Rory McIlroy telling him he has a tiny dick. It's fantastic. He tries fighting a fan in the crowd to get him tossed out for some odd reason. Then you have, you know, it looks like it's going to be a good game. Time! Down to the end. No, I'm continuing. <laughs> you shut your mouth, James. I'm continuing this. Give me another 30 on the clock. So, going into Sunday, U.S. had a three-point lead. And then it was the single matches. And the best single match by far, you didn't have to watch anything else. All you had to do was watch Patrick Reed versus Rory McIlroy. And man, that was just fantastic. They were going at it, not even just by their swing, just by like talking shit to each other. Like Rory sunk a huge birdie putt, did the to the crowd, can't hear you, even though they were all shouting terrible, terrible things at him, which yep. was hilarious. And then Reed sunk a putt to have the hole and just looked at Rory and gave him the Dikembe Matumbo finger rag, like, no, 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 not today. And, you know, Reed ended up winning it. It was fantastic. Europe didn't know what to do. Afterwards, they complained about everything they could. They were like, the fans were awful. The course was super easy, which, weirdest complaint to me, Justin Rose came out saying, that course was set up so badly and poorly, it was a joke of how easy it was. He lost his singles match. If it was so easy, why didn't you crush Ricky Fowler? Makes no sense, Justin. So shut your mouth. And then Danny Willett's brother... You're the reason the crowd was so rowdy last week. So your brother can get pissed at you. He said it was a shame of how poor the audience was. You know what? That's what happens when you start drinking at 6 in the morning and you play until 7 at night. So the Ryder Cup was great. Great win for the U.S. They crushed Europe 17 to 11. James, I know you said you only watched highlights, but what did you actually think about the Ryder Cup for the highlights at least that you saw? Uh, I thought Patrick Reed was pretty cool. Um, You're giving me nothing. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not so I'm not, so not impassioned. Guy. You had Tiger Woods walking around. I in gave the you background. thirty seconds, and you t- you went way over. Yeah, so. I did. Because I'm kind of upset about that still. Well, you know what? I don't um, care. I, I I think it's great. It's a great win for American golf. I think that's good that it renewed some interest in golf uh, around the area. You know, and it gave people more of an opportunity to see non-traditional stars in golf. You know, Patrick Reed kind of seems like he's breaking out just from the Ryder Cup, which is exciting. Bubba Watson was crying. Yeah, that's weird. It was weird. Phil, um, Phil Mickelson was feeding Jordan Spieth champagne so, down his throat. 
Good golf uh, season, Greg. I'm glad it's all come to an end. Hey, hockey's back, too. Hockey's back. Oh, you wanted to mention something you told me about the Celtics. Well, that's my 30 seconds at the end that I want to take. But go ahead and do your last thing as well. You have one more thing? I do. Okay, let's hear it. I just thought you'd find this interesting. I don't know if you saw the story yesterday. Did you see the story about the MMA fighting in Russia? No. So yesterday a story came out. There was a guy who just got, like, renewed as, like, the leader in Chechnya, either for the MMA or Chechnya as a whole. Nobody knows. Uh, he has two kids, an eight-year-old and ten-year-old, and they were having a live MMA televised event for Russia. So he had like all these regular fighters coming out. Like all of a sudden, next music starts up. Ten-year-old kid comes out. Another ten-year-old kid comes out. MMA fighting between eight and ten-year-olds in the UFC, like UFC-style fighting. And at one point, the guy's son was fighting somebody and TKO'd him in the ring, and they like dragged the kid out. So I just found it interesting. I wanted to know your take on kids' professional-style MMA fighting televised live. I'm against it. See, I thought you would have been, like, for it. Why would I be for kids fighting on TV? I don't know. I thought you were going to take, like, the opposition like you usually do. No, Greg. You tried to, you tried to entrap me I did. Into, into being a fan of child violence. And uh, that's not going to happen. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad so you saw through why, that. Another reason why America needs to stop Russia from all of its bad. Like, uh, isn't that nuts, stuff. though? Like, they, he just thought it was, like, completely normal. I mean, that's sort of like par for the course for Russia, it feels yeah, like. It, it does. I mean, just imagine that kid going into like school on like Monday and the teacher's like, what happened to you, Ivan? Uh, I put a kid in a chokehold. You got a few head punches in, but it's cool. <laughs> okay. That, well, was, that was the other little thing. I thought that was interesting and weird. It's definitely both of those things. Um, okay, great. Now, this I'm is, not timing you, so you can go over 30 seconds. This is my time. Now, uh, the Celtics have played two preseason games, so uh, Celtics fans, I want you all to gather around. Go ahead and take a knee. Come Go ahead and take a on, knee man. real quick. Everybody gather around. Get close. We're going to have a little quick fireside chat here. Um, this is the most exciting. This I'm is just the most excited for a Celtics team that I've been in like about seven years now. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you right now. It's like one Pierce left. It's pretty much right uh, right after. I mean, even the last couple of years that Pierce was here, I knew that the team was not going to totally compete just because of how old the guys were. Um, this is the most excited I've been for a Celtics team in a long time. There's a couple of reasons, Greg. I'm going to go ahead and list them off for you Ooh, right now. I like now. that. First and foremost, the East is so bad. The East is a horrible, horrible um, conference. So the only thing that we have right now is a standing between us and the NBA Finals, in my mind, uh, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that sounds about right. Secondly, Brad Stevens' offense right now is so perfectly fitted for the players that he has that it's unbelievable. It's blowing my mind, Greg. It's blowing my mind because every single time that in Brad Stevens' offense last couple of years that there's been a pick and pop with like Isaiah or Avery or whoever else it might end up being, um, the big man rolling out to take a jumper over at the elbow has been someone like Jared Sullinger. <laughs> Say, is there anybody else besides Jared or, Sullinger? Or Kelly Olynyk? Who's not a bad bench player? No, right he's now, pretty good. But now we have Al Horford, Greg. Al is, Horford. Is he good? He's I've heard of good. him, I think. So literally the first play of their first preseason game, it was a pick and pop with Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford, and Al Horford knocked down a uh, corner jumper, and it moved a little. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's not surprising. You're a basketball guy. The other thing, Greg, the other thing is that when you have a Jared Sullinger or Kelly Olynyk in the post and no one has to double team them, that means that people like Jay Crowder or Isaiah Thomas or Avery Bradley, who are normally pretty good three-point shooters anyway – have to shoot him with a guy's hand in his face, okay? But now, if you have to double Al Horford in the post, turns out you can whip the ball around Golden State style and get wide-open three-pointers. 
So are you comparing the Celtics to Golden State? No, but okay. I'm, I'm just making sure. I just wanted to clear that up. No, but this is like this. This is exactly what the Celtics needed. They needed someone that can command a double team and then use their amazing ball movement to whip the ball around and get open shots. That's what the Celtics do best. Now that's just the offense, Greg. That's just the offense. It's just the offense. The defense. The defense, Greg. You had 30 seconds for the defense too, right? I got 30 seconds for the. I got 30 seconds for the defense, Greg. I'll tell. I'll tell you the defense in 30 seconds. It's a mean, switching, ball hawking, amazing gaggle of arms and anger. It's a mean that's green coming machine. Right at you, Greg. I mean, you can switch on like if you put out even if with Isaiah Thomas like that. This first lineup that they have, which is the starters are Thomas, Bradley, Horford, Crowder, and Johnson. Even with that lineup. The, the defense is pretty going to be pretty spectacular. But let's say, for example, just for example, let's just throw this out here. You're going to put in throwing. Uh, Marcus, throwing. Marcus Smart, Bradley. Um, you could even uh, talk me into putting in their new guy, Jalen Brown, in there with Jay Crowder and Al Horford. They can switch on literally everything, Greg. They can switch on every single player, like one through four, and then Al, have Al Horford guard the big guys. They're going to be able to start fast breaks right off of that. They're going to be able to, uh, you know, cause probably the most steals in the NBA. Um, it's going to be an unbelievable season, and I'm predicting no less than 55 wins for the Celtics team. Wow, that's a it's a high number. I draw uh, like Cleveland numbers. That felt good. That Did felt it? real good. Do you want to go on any sort of rant about like how the Golden State Warriors look like they've been playing for years with each other? You know, nah, their no, first. No, no. We'll get to that when we get over to our NBA preview pod, which is going to be coming in the next few weeks. Yeah. But is there anything else, Greg, that you want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, not too much. I mean, like I said, the Golden State Warriors for NBA wise looked scarily good together and comfortable with each other. Uh, Doc Rivers even came out saying, "I thought we were playing a preseason game, not like a regular season game." For how good they looked and how many threes they were dropping, but uh, yeah, I mean, I caught a little bit of Celtics game. They look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. No doubt. I'm not a huge – I don't have any team that I'm like a huge – that's my team I root for. Growing up in New Jersey, I had the Nets for a while, a while. I mean, they made a few NBA finals. Uh, but the Sixers was really the team I kind of watched. But uh, uh, over the past few years, I can't bring myself at all to watch that because it's a pile of mush. Yeah, I hear you. But Joel Embiid is back, so that's exciting for Philly fans. But Yeah, all right. Um, cool. So from all of us here at the Sports Dance, Greg – uh, all the producers, all the directors, all the sound guys, um, the craft service people, you guys, you guys really brought it out today. I love Amazing. the chive cream cheese. On a Friday? Oh, fantastic. You don't expect that type of game to be brought up. Above cream and beyond. cheese game. Above and beyond. Um, from everybody here at the Sports Dance Podcast, um, from Greg and James, uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks to Michigan Mike, too, you know, for that speedy picking. So good job, Mike. <laughs> but Bye, guys. See ya.